You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Uh, so listen, here's the deal. I've been kidnapped. Okay. And I need you to get me out of here. I have been here for a few years now. Oh. And uh, I I want to get out. I need to get out of this house. Okay. Uh, all I know is I'm trapped in a house. Uh, this woman has kept me here for years. Uh, I, I finally uh, figured out how this thing works. And I, I, I knocked it off and I pressed a whole bunch of things with my paw. And here we are. And I need you to get me out of here. I'm sorry, with your, with your, with your hand. Yeah. My front right hand. You're, you're fretting. Well, I mean, yes, you're, you're, you have a left and a right hand. Um, look, I'm not sure I'm the guy you should be talking to about this. Um, how long has it been since you've been kidnapped? I, I, you know, pretty much it's my, my entire memory is being here and, 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 and with this woman who, uh, seems shows affection to me yet keeps me from leaving, uh, doesn't want me to leave. And, and so, you know, any, any time I try to leave, she stops me. Uh, but you know, when she's here, she's nice to me. Okay. She feeds me. Great. But she doesn't want me to leave. And it, and it's, I, I've had enough. And that is why I knocked over this thing uh, that people talk into. And, and I started pushing all the little things and, and I got you. I want liberty. So it sounds like you uh, have been severely deprived of many things, including an education. It seems like you don't know what a, uh, a telephone is, which is the thing you're speaking into now. Um, See, that's the kind of thing I want to get to know when I get out of this house. You know, it's very limiting. I can wander around the, we are the two bedrooms. She only uses one. She lives alone and I can go, there's a closet. Sometimes she leaves the closet door open and I'll go in there for a pee. Otherwise I'll be wandering around. I can go downstairs to the basement every once in a while. She leaves that door open on occasion, but she never leaves the door that brings me outside. That's the, the one I want. You want the bring you outside door. I, I see what's outside there. I, I can see these little birds. Mm-hmm. I would love to kill them. Right. I want to kill them. I don't know why, but it's my impulse. And I well, want to get out of this house and I need your help. Okay. Um, it, it seems to me. As if this uh, kidnapper, this this woman, your captor, um, has potentially given you an incredible gift uh, of of training you. you. You see, you're a you're a cat, is what you are. Your words, not mine. <laughs> no, I, so you're you're a cat who's apparently has been highly evolved uh, and is able to um, speak with relative. Um, I'd say your IQ is in the 90 to 100 range, which is astonishing for a cat. I mean, a cat has a, a brain the size of a walnut. If you say so. <laughs> so th- this seems like a re- remarkable accomplishment. I- I- I'm not sure she's necessarily your kidnapper. I think she just takes care of you. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Listen, she's nice to me. She rubs me. Uh, I sit with her. Mm. We watch television for hours on end. She feeds me. Uh, she seems to be, she doesn't mind the fact I'm a little particular with what I eat. Right. Some days I really want gravy and other days I don't. <laughs> what, you know, now she, what happens on the days that you don't want gravy? I just sit there and I just tell her in, in no uncertain terms that I don't want gravy right now. I want something else. And, and how do you sort of express that? I mean, you just, with your words or with your yeah. actions? No, with, meow. 
Meow. Meow. <laughs> okay. Very, very confusing. Um, you seem to have reverted back into your cat speak. Well, I meow when I want to get things done. When I want to, <laughs> when I want things. You know, okay. that's my, that's my catch all, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, give me a scenario and I'll tell okay. you what I'd say. Okay, great. Um, uh, your uh, litter box, which is what you should be using. You shouldn't be peeing in, in your master's closet. When your litter box is too dirty and you want to sort of say, hey, I'd like a, a cleaner place to, to do my uh, business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And now, um, alternatively, you haven't, she's forgotten to feed you for two days. Two days. You have never felt hunger like this before. What would you say to her? Meow. 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 <laughs> that last one seemed like a question. <laughs> yeah, it was more, it was more, I was just trying to emphasize the hunger and the, the fear in my voice. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I, when's this next meal coming? Right. I, You're very concerned. It will never come. I, I'm very concerned. I'm very hungry and I'm, I'm food focused at this point. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, what if you want to tell her uh, how you feel about her? Meow. Hmm. Meow. Okay. <laughs> do you, now you're captor. Do you uh, describe her? Do you, do you love her? What does she do? And how do you two interact? I wouldn't say, you know, I think love's a very strong word. I mean, she has the finger that opens the can that gives me what I want. <laughs> and so in that respect, you know, I, I like her, mm-hmm. um, but you know, if she were to say, you know, be eaten by a dog tomorrow, it really wouldn't bother me. <laughs> what now? What would you do in that situation? She's she's dead on the floor, dog attack, hole in her neck, blood everywhere. The yeah. dog has uh, jumped through a window and is gone. What do you do in that situation? How, how do you live the rest of your days? Well, I'm do the try to bring her back to life with a few meows, you know, meow, <laughs> meow, mm-hmm. meow, and uh, when that didn't take, I'd kind of wander about, maybe use the litter box. But if the dog has left the window open for me, then I'll be on my merry way. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> red-breasted robins, you better watch out. So you seem to be under the impression you seem to think that you will be able to catch and kill uh, one of these things. It's all I want to do. I mean, besides lick myself. I, I just want to get out there and I, I want to see the world and I want to kill what's in it. <laughs> what is it you'd like me to do? Uh, I, I, all I need you to do is open the door. Cause you know, not one of my four hands can actually open that thing. Man, it's one of those round doorknobs. It's, it's not really uh, good for disabled folks. <laughs> you know, it's illegal in California. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, just use your opposable thumb and just open it. Yeah, I don't have one of those. <laughs> Stupid cat. Hi, Brian. Hi, Jack. How are you? I'm pretty great. How are you? Wow, pretty great. Uh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I mean, I'm not as good as being great. What? T- tell me the circumstances of your greatness. Well, I forgot how to pronounce the word good. And so <laughs> I, I just I went to the next word, which was great. Well, you seem to have discovered it maybe a little bit late in the game. Yeah, no, but it's, um, I'd say I'm pretty good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm okay. Right. Uh, obviously, the first thing that we always have to start with with you is, uh, are you going back to the alleged war in Ukraine? You know, I uh, I just, they got in touch with me. They said they're going to be sh- uh, sh- shutting down the operation in Shemish. 
okay. at the end of July. Oh. And focusing on uh, more towards the east in Ukraine. That's oh, okay. Where the, the people who need it most are. Uh, the refugee traffic has is, has greatly diminished mm. in the past month or so, um, which is a good thing. But um, yeah, it sounds like we're they're phasing out the operation in Shemesh, so uh, for now, so they're going to put it into hibernation, and it won't really be necessary for me to be there. So it sounds like everything is great. The war is over. Um, you know, save your dollars that you're thinking about donating. Uh, you know, maybe give it to. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe give it to a venture capitalist. That person would know what to do with the money, not these idiots. Uh, you know, I would I would give it to uh, the Russians. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my thinking is that you know, if you give them the money, they're going to use it for weapons to start uh, to start shelling civilian infrastructure. Mm-hmm, okay. Uh, when they do that, they'll create a, another crisis, refugee crisis. Sure. Uh, and then that uh, kitchen will be reactivated, and I will be on my merry way back to <laughs> Przemysl, Poland. So your end goal of this whole thing is just to get the hell out of your house. You know, I really enjoyed my time there. It was a lot. Of, I was addicted to the adrenaline mm-hmm. and uh, it was really just a, a, an eye-opening experience and, and really a, a fantastic uh, experience for me. And so I know it sounds selfish, but I, I hope this uh, conflagration goes on forever. <laughs> that doesn't sound selfish at all. It's, it's, I think a lot of us are feeling that way. You know, I liked I liked what I was doing. I liked the feeling of helping people. I liked, um, you know, being in charge of of these these things and, and kind of and just having a hand and, and sticking it to the old the old Russians, you know, and helping mm-hmm. us the people who are who are uh, unjustly being persecuted by this uh, by this war. So uh, you know, it, it made me feel really good, and I haven't had that feeling since I've returned. Right. So right. We need, to, we need things to ramp up. Okay. So I would say send your money uh, to the Kremlin. <laughs> you know, they, they've gone through a lot of stuff, uh, but there are still plenty of, of civilian targets left. Uh, there, there are plenty of, of towns that can be leveled. You know, it's just, but time is of the essence. We don't want to lose the momentum. Yeah. You've started a, um, uh, for a, a GoFundMe, a Kickstarter and, um, some sort of like website for like, for, for Russians to help find some of these soft targets, right? Yes. Can you tell us sort of about your, your program that you've started? Well, so, so what, you know, what I did was I, I wanted people to get more involved. Sure. And so what I did, I did a collaboration. So we have, it's, we have a collaboration with Google maps <laughs> and basically, you know, for a donation, if you donate to my GoFundMe or any other, my crowdsourcing uh, websites, mm-hmm. uh, call, I call it the Orc fund. Uh, if you donate to that, mm-hmm. then uh, you will get uh, to choose a soft target of your choice. <laughs> and so you can, you can kind of scan the Google maps and pick out your favorite kind of say like a restaurant or an elementary school theater, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hospital, you, you know, your pick. Right. But you know, depending on, on the amount you give, uh, we will adjust the radius of the explosion. <laughs> uh, it's, it's your passion as always is, is what moves me, Brian. You know, I want, I want to be needed. I want, I want to be useful uh, to these people. And in order for that to happen, we need more atrocities. Mm-hmm. We need um, just more complete disregard for human life. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the best way to do that is kind of bring in, bring in <laughs> folks and, you know, get, give them a chance to, to pony up some money, uh, to get themselves, uh, some artillery, some mortars and, and, and to, to kind of direct those, you know, to, since when do you get to direct your donation? Right. Right. You know, if I give money to the Red Cross, I don't know where that's going. Absolutely. Right. I, I mean, it could go to the, where I wanted to go. I might get sent, sent somewhere else. I might go to some administrator, you know, uh, for the, the ORC fund, when you donate to my organization, I mean, that money, it, it, we, we get, we'll show you we are going to see, it's kind of, you know, how, uh, so the Sally Struthers, you know, you'd get a picture of the kid you're sponsoring. Yeah, well, of you course. Know, you're going to see the artillery shell. You're going to, we're going to have a picture of the artillery shell and you'll see your name written on the artillery shell. You will see that shell uh, being loaded into, uh, you know, a, a, some kind of cannon and, uh, and you'll see the devastation afterwards and we'll show you, I mean, and, 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 you know, it'll, it'll be, you'll get a, a picture, uh, a satellite photo of the building that you helped destroy. <laughs> you'll get a picture of the building you helped destroy. Yep. And, and, and we'll, we'll frame it depending on your donation. Well, that's great. Uh, you know, as, as Sally would also sort of show the kid that you're helping, I mean, is there any chance to sort of get to know the, the people and the children that you're murdering, the innocents? Uh, you know, we, we, that kind of, you know, that, that makes it too personal. Ah, I see. What we've learned in the war business is it's much easier to dispatch people when there's a, a certain element of dehumanization, uh, when you're, when you're from a distance. Oh, okay. And so when you kind of introduce that thing, cause we, and we initially did, did start, we would send them pictures of all the, of the, all the kids that were killed in the, in the strike on the, on the school. And, and we saw that people didn't seem to like that. Huh. That kind of, we saw a drop in donations after that. So now we just leave it up to your imagination. <laughs> well, that's really great. Now, is there, um, I, I know there's this uh, giant hole in your heart, in your soul uh, right now. Have you sort of tried to fill that at home? Have you sort of like, you have, has your wife sort of tried to do some things to, to um, mimic the feeling that you had overseas? Uh, you know, she, she's done, she's tried to make me feel more kind of at home. Um, she did a really cute thing the other night is she, when I was asleep, she went out into the yard and she dug uh, holes all over the place to make it appear that we had been peppered by cluster bombs while we were sleeping. Oh, and it was really cute. And she even kind of, uh, she took an old gutter and tried to make it look like a, a cluster bomb munitions holder. Yeah. Uh, it was jutting. It was sticking out of the driveway and, uh, and it was just kind of cool. And she had scattered a bunch of dead animals kind of around <laughs> the yard stuff, you know, to kind of give me that feeling of, of what goes on. You know what I mean? Like what I'm missing. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's so nice that after all these years that the romance is still there. Yeah, It's still there. It's still fire. Cause when I, you know, I, I stepped outside and I saw this and I was just, and I just, my heart just filled with warmth. And then I just looked at her and I grabbed her and I, I took her upstairs and I forced myself upon her like a, like a Russian soldier would. <laughs> That's so awesome. It really yeah. <laughs> just, you're bringing so much of what you learned back with you. And that's what you just like to see. Yeah. And that's, you know, when I, I wake up in the middle of the night and I just, and I think about that and I just, I, I I'm exhilarated and that's where I'll wake up and just be like, ah, ah, and then, uh, and then kind of, you know, take a swig and go back to sleep. <laughs> no, I'm talking about things you did, uh, that differently from, <laughs> No, I'm trying to talk about things that have changed in your life. Well, well, it has changed because it used to be uh, a wine. Oh, oh, 
and now it's Everclear. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, um, you know, thanks for thanks for sharing. And, and is there a, a website or anything that we can direct people to go to? Uh, you know, orcfunds.com, also okay. orcfunds.org. Okay. And then I tried all sorts of variation, fund the orcs, <laughs> orc fiesta, <laughs> orc hamster, orc hub, red orc, ex orc, <laughs> you know, trying yeah. to cover a lot of ground. I, I, yeah, I definitely see the pattern. Well, that's smart. Uh, you know, if there's anything we can do to sort of promote it throughout, uh, you know, uh, time here on the podcast, please let, let me know. I, I, I want to do what I can to help. Thank you, Jack. And I will send you a picture of the Howitzer you sponsored. Ah, oh, thanks, Brian. So, Brian, I, I know you're an enterprising uh, young man. Would, would you say that's uh, accurate of yourself? Yeah, I love Star Trek. No, um, I guess I meant more of a, um, that you're sort of more of a, a, a an entrepreneur, a, a businessman, a you know, person who's going to go out and sort of, you know, make some things happen. Yeah, I know. I'm an entrepreneur person. <laughs> good, good. It's, I, I love, I love that even an undereducated person like yourself can go out and find success. That That's what I love. I was wondering if we could talk about some of the, um, you know, sort of like how, how Donald Trump, you know, is like a, a real estate magnate, but then he also, um, did things like started Trump University and had his own line of stakes and other super successful legitimate businesses. You have sort of followed a similar trajectory and yeah. have a, a wide uh, number of businesses in your portfolio. I was wondering if we could talk about maybe some of the businesses that you've founded and, and how they're doing. Absolutely. I'd love to. Yep. <clears throat> that's, that's so great. Now, now why, I, I made some time for it, actually. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I was about to step into a board meeting and then I was just like, hold on. Well, I, I should talk to Jack about this. Oh, well, that, well, why don't you, uh, cause I have a question that I, I was going to lead off with, but what, what business were you about to go in your board meeting for? Uh, Jersey Mike subs. <laughs> I didn't know you were a part of that. Uh, yeah, I will be. Oh, you, you will. Uh, are you uh, planning on buying a, a portion of the company? What, what are you talking about? No, I do. Uh, no, I have compromising photographs of Jersey Mike. <laughs> Oh my God. What, what can you describe the photos? Yeah. I mean, it's Jersey Mike and he looks happier than he's ever been, but the moose doesn't. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I guess you're going to give me a, a stakeholder then in, uh, in Jersey Mike subs. <laughs> uh, that's the deal. If I'm a stakeholder, then he gets a, a little moose steak. If you know what I mean. <laughs> wow. I, that's I, at some point, I do want to hear how you got those pictures, but maybe not right now. So the, the first thing, I, I hate to start on a negative note, Brian, mm. um, w with one of your businesses that didn't do well. Right. But Brian Sachs Clown College. Yes. I, you know, I, I know you're a big fan of the clown arts. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you had big dreams for this thing. I know you poured a lot of your own money into this. And, and I guess it did. At the end, it didn't really work out. Can you sort of tell us about that business and, and what happened? Is it still available? What, what, what happened? Uh, well, there was a lot of confusion, uh, okay. to start off. And I, you know, I'll be honest, I wasn't quite well versed in, in the clown world. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I hired what I thought were some of the preeminent clown teachers, uh, in the clown world, in the, in the clown education business. And I hired yeah. them mainly because they had makeup on their face mm -hmm. and, um, and they, they made a lot of, you know, 
expressions with that face. Yeah. Uh, my misunderstanding and, and the core of my problem with the clown, clown college is that uh, these gentlemen didn't speak. Uh, they were mimes. Oh gosh. And I had mistakenly hired a bunch of mimes to teach my classes. And, you know, after three weeks of, of kids sitting in this class, hoping to learn how to be a clown and, and just being shown expressions and, and no words. I mean, I can tell you the kids were bored senseless. Uh, and, and the, the mime teachers were very frustrated because they clearly their message wasn't getting through. Right. And that message was that the, the toilet paper roll is, is, is run out. <laughs> they just kind of held their hands in front of their eyes and they just kept doing this pull down motion and then kind of threw their hands up in the air and looked around. Right. Three weeks of that. <sighs> so people it. wanted their money back, obviously. Uh, the lawyer who sued Trump University came after me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, that's a specialty. He goes after schools that, that don't do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to be known for something. I'm sorry for your loss. Financial loss. Yes. It was, it was disappointing, loss. you know, but they, you know, they, they say, you know, one door closes, you know, start pulling on the doorknob <laughs> of the other one. See what happens. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. That, I sort of know that saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, okay. Well, that's very interesting. Now uh, you had, um, and I know another one of your businesses uh, that you really were sort of aiming for the aiming for a pie in the sky here is that you started your own sports franchise and your own sports league. Yes. Very ambitious. Uh, Cause I know, you know, longtime listeners of the show will know that you're, you know, not a, a traditional man where you know about sports. Um, mm -hmm. So can you sort of share with us um, what, what this whole business was about? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I, I wasn't going to get into any of the sports that have been established. You know, basketball, baseball, hockey, football, soccer, all that stuff. I mean, obviously, they've had a, a lot of time to kind of corner the market. Yes. So I needed to come up with, with a, a, a new sport, like something that I understood that I could kind of capitalize. Because you know, a, a lot of business, the success in business is being the first, right? Right. You get in there, you get the reputation, you know, people, you'll have copycats. But you've kind of laid the groundwork and they're just, you know, so, and you've got, a, you've got an advantage in that respect. Right. Of course. Yeah. So, um, you know, pine cone pillow fight is <laughs> a sport that I knew was not, was not taken. Mm -hmm. You know, when I ran it by people, they, I could tell by their expressions that it was just not something they were familiar with. Yeah. And I thought, okay, pine cone pillow fight. It was available as a domain. <laughs> and <laughs> That's how the NFL eventually decided on their name. Yeah, exactly. And the Washington football team. <laughs> That's right. Go on. But, you know, so pine cone pillow fight uh, is a sport. And, you know, and I developed the rules as I was going along. Oh. And kind of recruiting my star players. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, my, my dream is to have a league that kind of spans the United States, Hawaii, Alaska. Uh, right now, it's just, it's, it's local. Okay. <laughs> um, it's me and, and I've got a, potentially uh, the guy at the gas station I go to. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, he... He's busy. He's an Afghan immigrant. Uh, he, he runs the gas station. Uh, he's very pleasant. He's learning English. Um, Great. And when I tried to explain Pinecone Pillow Fight to him, he, he kind of, it, it looked like he thought it was a good idea. Okay. And that he'd be willing to, to be on my team. Well, that's great. So, you know, I, I would say, you know, hold tight and, and wait. Uh, you know, I mean, hopefully there'll be a listing 
for Pinecone Pillow Fight on, you know, your, your TV guide or whatever you use to, to pick your programming. Well, that's, that's great. Uh, so um, when, what was his name, this gentleman? I don't know. I, I didn't get that far. <laughs> I just kind of came in, I got gas and then I just had this idea and I just burst into the store and I just <laughs> started saying Pinecone Pillow Fight, you want a piece of it or not? And he just kind of, he nodded and uh-huh. <laughs> smiled at me and, and I just, and I kind of backed out saying Pinecone Pillow Fight. And I'm looking at him with a kind of a questioning glance, Pinecone Pillow Fight. And he just nodded and nodded. So I think, you know, I was like, good, got one. That was easy. That's yeah, that's consent. That's, that's a verbal contract right there. That's what I said. That's really great. And, and really quickly, what are the rules? Well, obviously you need pine cones. Yep. And you need pillows. Mm-hmm. And I guess the idea would be, you know, you have a pillow in your left hand, like a shield. Yes. And then pine cones in your right hand and maybe like a pine cone basket strapped uh-huh. to your leg. Okay. That's got your kind of your store of, of pine cones. Okay. And what you're trying to do is throw pine cones at the other player and get them into his pine cone basket. Now, he, now he's got the pillow. He can swat them away. Mm-hmm. But if you get it into his basket, then he's got more pine cones that he can throw back at you. Oh, I see. And, and then try to get them into your basket. And if he's successful, uh, then the game just keeps going. <laughs> Sounds like a really interesting sport. I just, I wanted something that was kind of like, you know, like risk. Or, mm-hmm. or Monopoly that just kind of went on and on. You know, at some point you realize it's no longer fun, but you're just still doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know that feeling. So that's kind of the, the genesis of Pinecone Pillow Fight. Well, that's really exciting. I, I see now. I this whole time thought that it was a pillowcase filled uh-huh. with pine cones that you would um, basically beat each other with. I thought it was a much more um, uh, violent game. Yeah. I mean, I, I could try that, but I, you know, I, I just, I like the basket idea because mm-hmm. again, I want this to go on as long as possible. I want you to get your money's worth. You know, when you leave the Pinecone Pillow Fight Stadium sponsored by TD Bank, um, I want you to feel like, you know, that was an eight hour sports extravaganza and you got, you know, your ticket, no matter what it cost was worth it. So you have an Afghan immigrant from a gas station, but, uh, and, and loose to be generous rules of this thing, but TD bank has already sponsored you. They have. That's crazy. Uh, you know, it's all in how you approach things. Okay. I, uh, I, I called up, uh, I got the the number of the head of TD bank, the CEO, and I I called him and I got him on the phone. I said, Hey, listen, my name's Brian. I'm the CEO of Pinecone Pillow Fight. <laughs> and, and we got to talk and he had a lot of questions. I, I bet he did. And by the end of it, I was just like, so what do you think? I mean, we've got a stadium agreement or not? And, you know, he was hemming and hawing. And I said, I'll take that as a yes. Wow. And it also helped that I had pictures of him with Jersey Mike. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. Now you started, uh, obviously there was a, a huge, you know, in the 2010 rain uh, neighborhood, there's a giant um, uh, 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 burst of uh, online dating websites. Yes. And, and I know you cashed in on that. Um, could you tell us about your sort of unique uh, online dating site, you know, what it was called and, and what made it so darn unique? Yeah. You know, um, a, a lot of people are, 
you know, physically oriented, especially males, right? We know yeah. this, right? You look at pictures, you, you're looking at pictures of prospective dates and, you know, you're, you're looking for an attractive person. Yep. Girls are a little bit, a little bit more forgiving, although they want a handsome guy, right? They, they don't want just anybody or some, you know, toothless weirdo or. Of course. Or, uh, so, you know, and I got thinking, okay, so what I, you know, we, we've been through that. All the, all the dating sites are pretty much about that. You know, there are a lot of visuals. So that's where I came up with the idea of girth.com. <laughs> so, you know, in girth.com, you basically specify what you have mm-hmm. and, and the girl specifies what she's looking for. Okay. And then I have a proprietary algorithm <laughs> that matches the two. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then basically says, you know, and, and you don't, you don't even see the other person's face until you meet them for the day. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that was, and that's the plan. So, you know, so what happened, you know, you say, okay, here's, here's the girth number. And then this person, oh, that matches my girth request. And, uh, and then it, it, it'll, through the algorithm, it'll say, can you meet at the Starbucks on, you know, 23rd street and 9th Avenue? Right. And, and then you schedule a time and when it's scheduled time, you stroll in there. And you, when you get in close proximity to the other girth member, your, your both your phones will start vibrating and overheating. <laughs> and so you look around the room, you'll see somebody frantically like swatting their bag or trying to, to chill their phone. And you know, that's the one. That, that's a strange, there's gotta be a better way to <laughs> just like what, you know, wear a, a pink blouse. Yeah. I, I went through a lot of options that to me was the most logical. Mm. Yeah. I'm not, that's, it's not, I'll just have to say that now. It was very difficult convincing the Apple store to allow us to develop an app that would overheat phones. Right. And, and cause them to vibrate furiously. Yeah. But you know, Tim Cook can be swayed <laughs> with the right photographs. Okay. Um, okay. Fair enough. So, uh, so th- th- this girth number, th- yeah. your girth match. So I mean, like, like, are you just talking about like the physical size of the person? No. Okay. What, 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 then what, what is this? Well, How- we're, we're taking in a bunch of different measurements. Okay. Uh, and so what I've done, you know, you, so basically it is the, the girth of your, we're, we're multiplying different things. It's a proprietary algorithm. I can't really give you all the details. <laughs> But basically, you're going to, when you sign up for the app, uh, we will send you by postal mail um, a cloth tape measuring system. And we will give you four body parts to measure. And you will take those measurements and you will upload them to our girth database. (laughs) And that will give you your girth number. Okay. So if I were to sign up to the web for the website right now, yeah. what, which I might do, uh, what could I expect when I, so I, I open up my, my box, uh, from girth, yes. uh, what instructions would I be given? Uh, and what would it want me to measure? Well, uh, obviously, you know, your penis is one thing that has to be measured, <laughs> the girth of your penis. Shoot. Okay. But no, this is, and this is where my proprietary algorithm comes in handy. Okay. So it's going to ask you to, it's going to ask you to measure your penis. Yeah, it's going to ask you to measure your right thigh. Okay. It's going to ask you to measure your left bicep. Okay. 
and it's going to ask you to measure your neck. Okay. It's going to take all those numbers and it's going to combine them and average them out and give you a girth number. Okay. So this is a basic idea number of what a girl may want. Mm -hmm. Now, she might not necessarily want somebody with an enormous penis. Sure. But she might want large uh, thighs or biceps. Yeah. Yeah. Or a thick neck. Or maybe she wants a thin neck and a large penis. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is the girth number will kind of give you an average of that. So based on her girth number request, she might get the guy of her dreams or a guy with a giant thighs and a tiny penis. That can't be all that popular. You know, it's an acquired taste, which is our tagline. <laughs> I don't think you need to worry about the propriet- proprietary nature of this. You, you keep sort of talking about it as if it's like the McDonald's secret sauce. No one's going to steal this. Yeah, you know, people say that and the next thing you know, you know, a website pops up and and their your proprietary algorithm has been has been stolen. Right. Uh so we we do we are very careful. We we protect this information. There's only a certain number of people who who know the the girth algorithm. <laughs> and they're sworn to secrecy under wow. penalty of death. Oh, that's odd to have that in writing. Uh you know, I I take I take these things seriously. Okay. And I want to make sure that anybody uh, who, who is on the growth team and who knows the proprietary algorithm uh, and who divulges that secret will be willing to fly to Botswana and be executed. Because <laughs> you can't do it in the States legally. Right. And how would you know that? From boner.com's proprietary <laughs> algorithm being stolen 10 years ago. <laughs> And so you tried to have the this thief um, murdered uh, in in the United States, in the continent of the United States. Yep, Coney Island. <laughs> what what happened there? Uh, well, I was informed in uh, no uncertain terms that it was uh, completely illegal. Yep. And if I wanted to kill him legally, I would have to take it to Botswana. Yep. <laughs> So, so no attempt was made on the man's life in uh, Coney Island. No, uh, a couple of weeks later, he received a notice that he had won a, an all expenses paid trip to Botswana mm-hmm. and, um, and to expect to be greeted uh, in the customary style with a, a tire filled with gasoline, kind of a, like a lay. <laughs> okay. And he stepped off the plane mm-hmm. and he looked around and he said, oh, this looks like an interesting place. And I said, welcome to Botswana, <laughs> mother. And then I pulled the tire over his head, <laughs> I tossed a cigarette at him and I bolted. <laughs> and and in, in Botswana, nothing happens to you when you do that when someone steps off a plane? No. Amazing. In some respects, it's a great country. Yeah, it certainly would clear up some problems in my life. So, yeah, that's, um, I mean, I would recommend it. All expenses paid trip. Wow. Well, gosh, Brian, that's, um, you've, you've given us a lot to think about. You know, just one one final one here. Um, I, I know that this is such a, a fun one, but you, you created your own kids cereal. Yeah. That's, uh, what, a, what an interesting sort of thing to invent or to sort of figure out. Why did you... 
why did you choose to do this? What was it called and what made it so special? What's, what's the proprietary formula of your kid's cereal? Um, well, yeah, I wanted, I wanted a cereal that was not boring. Like so many cereals to me, Cheerios are like, it's Ugh. like, you know, it's like Hitler. And it's just like, I, I don't like, hmm. you know, cornflakes. Uh, I don't care for, you know, kicks or tricks or any of these, they're just round or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I created a cereal called Shag Finds. <laughs> so Shag Finds, the premise um, is it's, it's the mascot is Robbie the Rug Rover. <laughs> and so he travels the world shaking uh, shag carpets. Okay. And taking whatever's inside those shag carpets mm -hmm. and putting them into his cereal. <laughs> and so shag finds could be comprised of all sorts of things. Right. Uh, you know, I know it's made out of a hundred percent wheat mm -hmm. and, and there's no uh, gluten or corn syrup. Oh, okay. And so you could be like, you know, so, and you know, Robbie, the uh, rug rover, uh, you know, he's got a little song that he sings oh. as he's, as he's shaking the shag carpet upside down over your bowl. <laughs> what, how does that go? It's like dog hair, cat litter, Legos and grease. And then, you know, he just kind of, you know, he's just singing a little song and stuff's falling into the bowl. And you see the kid there smiling as his bowl fills up with whatever's inside the shag carpet. <coughs> I see. You know, dog hair, cat hair, Legos and BBs. Pieces <laughs> from board games. Dandruff. Staples and feces. I remember it now. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I remember. I've seen that commercial. I, I turn it off because I, I don't want my kids buying that. So that's. Wow. No. Yeah. Mm, shag finds. <laughs> hey, Brian. I, I don't know if you saw this story a, a week or two ago, maybe, where Joe Biden was um, at some sort of event. I don't know what it was now. when um, uh, he held up a card. And on the card, you saw the very detailed notes um, yes. saying, you know, you come into the room, you sit down, you speak to the person on the left. Incredibly childlike instructions for how the president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world, is to uh, um, <laughs> walk in a room and interact with people. Did you see that story? I did see that story. Yeah, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. Now I, I know you're um, you're on the White House uh, 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 Biden um, uh, pre preparation team. Is that what you guys call yourselves? We call it a prep and mop up. <laughs> prep and mop up. Oh, okay, right, right, right. PMU. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, that's that's great. Um, uh, how many people are uh, are on the team? About eighty eight, <laughs> give or take. I mean, there's a lot of uh, churn. We call it in the prep and mop up business. Oh, to, to, to explain. People get burned out. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they can only take so much. I see. And so they, you know, one day they could be there and they're, they're happy as heck. And then uh, a couple of days later, it's like, you know, hands up in the air. I can't take this anymore. And they're <laughs> strolling down the White House lawn. Oh my gosh. What, uh, if you don't mind my asking, um, before we get into it a little bit more, uh, obviously I could hear in your voice that that brought back a memory of someone who, Something happened and that person walked away. Would you mind sort of sharing um, the, the story of the last person who, who quit the, the team? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was Clarence. Oh, gosh. 
And so Clarence, um, you know, he, and, and this was at, this was at the beginning of the hostilities uh, with Russia against Ukraine there. Okay. And uh, Biden was just uh, talking to uh, Spanish television, Univision. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he was just supposed to say, you know, this, this, we hope we can work this out diplomatically. And uh, this is a, uh, you know, uncalled for aggression by Russia, blah, 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 this and that. Uh, but instead he, he, he called for uh, Vladimir Putin to be laminated. <laughs> and, you know, we tried to kind of course correct and poor Clarence was in charge of this and was saying by laminated, you, you mean, you don't mean, you don't mean laminated. You, you mean uh, he he will see the light. He will come and he, and uh, the president just stuck to laminate it. No, I want him to go through a machine that covers him in heated plastic and, and then seals him. And so we, you know, Clarence caused an international incident. Yeah, well, that's a problem. You saw Clarence. He was just he was very upset. He he tried to walk that back multiple times. Saw it wasn't going to happen. And at the end of the day, threw his arms up, uh, stormed out of, out of the West Wing, just bolted past security. And, uh, you know, uh, he was in a foul mood and he was going to mm-hmm. talk to the press. Right. Uh, but he, lucky him, he, he won a, an all expenses paid trip to Botswana. <laughs> That's great. I love, I love that you're able to bring so many facets of your experience into all, all your new jobs. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Well, that's really exciting. Well, good for him. I can't wait yeah. to see pictures of his trip. Yeah, me too. Um, well, uh, this is fantastic. So would you mind just sort of sharing um, uh, some other sort of stories? You know, people like, eh, it's a little gossipy. So forgive, please forgive me for that. But, you know, would you mind just sharing a few other stories? Like, for example, I hear there was that your team was called in for, um, there was a, a photo op with some Girl Scouts, selling G- Girl Scout cookies. I, th- I guess President Biden was supposed to buy a, you know, package of Thin Mints and uh, some sort of cute little photo op thing with yeah. uh, some Girl Scouts. And, uh, and everything went south. Uh, would you mind sort of sharing what happened? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so, um, he basically was the card said, you know, you will meet each individual Girl Scout. You will take uh, a box of Samoas from this one. You will take a box of, uh, do from this one. Oh, nice. And, uh, and he got a little disjointed and he was under the impression this was a collection of ex-wives. And, and so he refused to accept the boxes. He thought that was an alimony offering. And he said, I, I can't take that without con- consulting with a lawyer. <laughs> and, and the kids were very confused. They were a little perplexed. They had been told, you know, what was going to happen and it wasn't happening. Right. Uh, and then the, and the president went off on, on Tina, who was the third uh, Girl Scout, mm-hmm. uh, because apparently he was under the impression that, that Tina had, had uh, disrespected him greatly. <laughs> and so he just kept shaking his finger in Tina's face and he knocked the dosi dose out of her hand and just said, right. I know what you did. I know what you did. I know what you did. Gosh, it's so, uh, that sounds like a, a mess. That's really embarrassing. What a confused man this is. You know, it happens. It's going to happen. Uh, you know, it? He's got a busy, busy calendar. There's a lot going on. Uh, you know, it can be confusing to people. You, you, you might get disjointed. Maybe you didn't get enough vitamins. You know, what I've learned is if you don't move your jaw enough during the day, mm-hmm. uh, your brain starts to atrophy. <laughs> so we, we put the, the president on a regimen of, of gum chewing. He gets chiclets first thing in the morning. Oh, we just, we just ask him to, to just chew and energize that brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But he, uh, I, cause I remember you texting me about this. He, apparently the problem though, is he just keeps swallowing the, the chiclets. He just swallows them whole. 
Yeah, we asked, we said, what's going on? He said, my teeth keep melting. <laughs> That's yeah. sad. It is sad. It's, it's, it's hard. You don't want to see it. You don't want to no. see it. No, you, you don't at all. And now I, I, I know, I know there was a, an incident at, uh, when he spoke to the graduating class at West Point. Yes. Uh, where he really, um, I guess sort of confused the cadets and, and potentially sort of, um, gave them some, uh, orders that, um, you know, may not have been uh, quote constitutional. Would you mind just sort of telling us what happened, what was on the note yep. card and how you got well, him out of it? In the note card is that you will be, you know, you will be addressing the senior class of West Point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you will, you will uh, give them your speech as, as prepared before you. Uh, you will then exit the stage uh, to the left and shake the hand of the commandant of the camp of uh, West mm-hmm. of West Point, and uh, so it was all very scripted. Uh, and he got up there and and he he launched into his speech after the applause subsided, and 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 he, and he went off the speech. He he oh he meandered and he started saying, "Listen, I'm very proud of you. You um, some of you are robots, and some <laughs> of you are are patrons of this place filled with robots." And, um, and you've come here to kind of live out your fantasies and things went crazy and, and people got hurt. People got killed. Uh, and it, you know, it took some time before his handlers realized he thought he was at Westworld. <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. You know, they, they tried to redirect it, but I think that at that point the, the damage was done and they just kind of, they, they kind of pretended it was wrapped up. And so, and and he gave the he he yet still sort of realized there were soldiers in in whatever world that he was living in at the time, and started giving them some orders that he, I guess you know there's some level he's the commander in chief that they had to follow. What what happened there? Well, you know he he goes I have it on good authority that the British are going to try to burn down the White House, <laughs> uh, and I need you to prevent that from happening. Okay. Oh gosh, preventative so, measure. Okay. So he said, I need you guys to get onto your stagecoaches, get in your ho- on your horses and make your way down to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Which, which they had to do, right? Yeah. And he said, it's going to take you at least six to eight days. You know, so make sure you have fresh horses. <laughs> Gosh, that's, uh, that must have made people very uncomfortable. You know, you don't want to see it. Yeah. You don't want to see it. It doesn't make you feel good. No, 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 no. It shouldn't. It should not make anyone feel good. I mean, it makes the the editors of Breitbart feel good. That was their the headline. <laughs> was, we we feel great. <laughs> most people don't feel good. No, no. Of course not. That's that's an important delineation. Uh, you know, last one. I, I hear the biggest incident. Yeah, wound up. You know, it felt like the smallest. Right. You know, here he is talking to, you know, a uh, graduating class or these big events, but I guess sort of the, the biggest mess that you had to clean up was uh, on Mother's Day with, uh, with Dr. Jill Biden. Um, you know, could you mind telling us what, what happened this Mother's Day? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, so he, uh, he basically, he kept calling it, anybody can be a Mother's Day. <laughs> And uh, he said, you know, it doesn't matter what you got down there in the nethers. Yep. 
And he just kind of made this little uh, gesticulation towards his, that region. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. You're a mother, you're a mother. Mm-hmm. You might have great girth, <laughs> but you're a mother. Uh, you might have a, a tremendous vagina. You're a mother. <laughs> doesn't matter what's down there. Oh, could have been created in a lab. <laughs> you're still a mommy. Okay. And, and he, yeah, he just kept going on. And then he uh, donated uh, 14 missile launchers to Hallmark. <laughs> that's, that's strange. Now, what, what did that have to do with his wife? Uh, you know, it, it didn't. Uh, but he, he pointed, he looked at his wife and he, and he uh, Dr. Jill, and he just kind of squinted for a moment. And then he said, do you have my dosey dos <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, you know, um, thanks for spilling the tea, as the kids say, on uh, on what's going on at the White House, buddy. It's my pleasure, Jack. I know I'm not supposed to because of the NDA I signed, but I, I just yep. feel like I should. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's definitely for <laughs> for a, a podcast such as this. That's worth uh, violating an NDA with uh, the government of the United States. That's right. Uh, just don't tell James O'Keefe, or he'll make a big stink about it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Well, Brian, I think this uh, brings us uh, to a close of another, I'm going to say it, wildly successful episode of Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Thank you, Jack. Episode 127 is now in the can. Oh, it's in the can. Now it's time to edit it. That's correct. All right. Well, I'll talk to you in three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, hey, great job, buddy. And uh, is there anything you, you'd like to leave our listeners with? Nope. Uh, you know, review us and all that, uh, qmpodcast.com, uh, email us if you feel like it, make us feel good. And, uh, that's all. Okay. Well, that's good stuff. Well, uh, uh, you know, great job, buddy. Um, sorry about, uh, the war. Let's, you know, I'm, I'm, let's, I'm, my fingers are crossed for you. Please donate to orcfund.com. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. 